Thank you for joining us on the New Milford Youth Agency podcast from YA Media. We are your hosts, Annabelle Colonna and Elliot Shriver. Our guest today is Dr. Lindsay Maloney. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me today. (laughs) Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I am a New Milford native, uh, born and raised here, and um, I... About two years ago, started a medical practice where um, I do home visits for individuals, particularly those who can't leave the house. Um, and so that's been taking up a lot of my time recently. Uh, but on my free time, I love to hang out with my dogs, uh, Cloud and Frank, um, and spend some time outside, watch good movies, kickboxing. So yeah, it's all good things. Yeah. yeah. All good things. Mm-hmm. Try to stay busy. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we heard that you used to be involved with the youth agency, so would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. (laughs) I actually used to be uh, Stacy's partner in crime at the youth agency. (laughs) Um, I worked at the youth agency for about a year um, and was... I had a big focus on the Substance Abuse Prevention Council at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Did a whole bunch of different trainings about... uh, healthy relationships and self-esteem and self-image along with the Substance Abuse Prevention Council items. Um, It was a great time. I really had a nice time and it was great to see some of my old colleagues today. That's awesome. All good things. All things that we've covered before. I love it. Uh I mean, it fits in perfectly. But um, So how do you think that working with the youth agency with all of those topics has um, contributed to like how you feel helped you connecting with the community or how it's helped your career now? It was one of my favorite times of my life because I really felt like I was very connected with the community. Mm -hmm. I was connected with community members. I was connected with community workers. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Parks and Rec, but I felt like a little (laughs) Leslie Nope. And it was so fun. Um, I really enjoyed spending time you know, with individuals who came to the youth agency, whether they were in the after-school program or volunteers or coming to one of my seminars or teaching sessions. Um, It has really helped me now to be able to connect better, I think, especially with the adolescent population um, in the professional field. So Mm -hmm. I think it has provided me with the tools to allow teens in the office to open up and feel a little bit more comfortable than they would typically in a medical setting. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. I know I've always been a person who's been nervous in a medical setting, so that sounds a lot lot easier to just be open and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Sounds much better. Yeah. Did you always want to go into a medical field or did that just sort of come up as you started working with community members? Around age 13, I did some volunteer work with the Red Cross, and at the blood drive that I was volunteering at, I watched the nurses, and I thought it was so amazing that people who they had never met before trusted them so easily, Um, and, you know, the caring nature that they had and how helpful it was to have them there, even just to stop by and say, are you okay, do you need anything? So at that moment, I realized I think that I would like to get into the medical field. I was at New Milford High School, and they had their medical technology program. Mm -hmm. So I did the program. I became a CNA. um, And then when I was finished with high school and throughout nursing school, I worked as a CNA at a nursing home. It was very helpful for me to be able to get to 
know people, know that I like actually taking care of people, how to navigate some of the healthcare world. Um, And then about six years ago, yeah, six years ago, I, while I was working here, I finished up my Mm -hmm. uh, grad school and uh, became a doctor of uh, nursing practice. And that's where I am now. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you've talked a little bit about working with youth. What are some of the biggest concerns that you see with our with our age group? I know specifically, possibly in regards to vaping and things like that. Definitely. I think vaping is a really big issue. Um, something that I find very interesting is that when I am speaking with teens and going through their health history and asking some difficult questions, one of those questions is, do you smoke? A lot of people will say no, and then when I say, do you vape, they'll say yes. And mm-hmm. so I think that there is a disconnect that vaping is still smoking. Um, so that's something that I have put together. Um, vaping is normalized, I think, you know, in... in um, our culture now yes. it's kind of in our culture and so it's really something that teens and young adults don't think is out of the norm don't think it's unhealthy um i do think it's a huge issue um and it's it's definitely causing health conditions um I think it's one of those things I've always thought personally. Um, I know everyone says marijuana is the gateway drug. I really think nicotine is a gateway drug um, because it does bring together people who may not normally end up, you know, spending time together. And Mm -hmm. then it can spiral from there. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. Do you think marijuana is also as big of an issue as vaping is with the same age group? I think marijuana is also a huge issue. And I... Something that always bothers me is that marijuana is almost targeted to teens yeah. um, with the different colors and the cartoons. And, I mean, some things are are displayed as if they're candy. And it's, you know, these are all things that are appealing to teens and young adults. Um I think that's a really big problem, and it's becoming a lot more normalized. Um, there's talks about it becoming legalized, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it it really just makes it difficult to stand by the argument and to support the argument that says, you know, it's really not great for you, especially in the teenage years, because that's when your brain is developing. Yeah. Um, you know, marijuana can can stop that or reduce the progression of your brain, especially in the frontal lobe, which is where your personality is and where your decision making is. Um, and that can be a really big concern and that can follow you for the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit more about what some of those like effects are from both vaping and marijuana? Because I feel like sometimes, you know, the argument is, it's not that bad, you know, it's a high for a couple of hours, then it's nothing. I don't I don't feel anything. But are there are there any long term effects that maybe people aren't as aware of? Absolutely. Uh, in regards to vaping, you can still have lung injury from vaping. Um, a lot of these products are not 
regulated and they're not monitored. So there really is not a huge understanding about what is actually in those vape cartridges. Those chemicals are still harsh. So they can still cause lung injury. They can still cause dental issues. They can still cause issues with um, your throat. Not to mention those vapes that have nicotine in them. Nicotine is a, is a drug. It's extremely addicting, which can have individuals either continuing to vape forever or switching over to cigarettes, which have all the extra tar. Um, nicotine also is a natural uh, vasoconstrictor. So that means that the vessels that are in your body, they constrict and get smaller every time that you introduce nicotine into your body. It's short-lived, but over time, if you think about a rubber band and if you keep stretching and then stretching a rubber band and then allowing it to come back, um, just that movement like that can thin the walls of your vessels. It can put you at risk for things like aneurysms. It can cause heart disease. Um, it can cause vascular disease in your legs. Um, all of these things can be really serious complications that that often require lifelong medications and sometimes surgical procedures and, yeah. you know, and ultimately can result in death. Mm -hmm. For marijuana, marijuana can also increase your heart rate and your blood pressure. Although it is short-lived, it can be significant enough to cause issues um, while you are under the influence. Slows your reaction time. And so this is particularly important for people who are driving or doing something that really does take focus. So even something like snowboarding, if something comes into your way and your reaction time is slowed, you could crash into something or someone. Um, it can affect your frontal lobe, like I had mentioned, which can be a chronic thing. Once your brain is done developing, which is around the age 25, 26, it's done. So it's not going to catch up. Uh, you just have this limited time period to allow your brain to develop to its fullest. We want to enter our 20s, our early 20s, our 30s, where, you know, where we're working and we're having a family or whatever it might be that we're doing at and that time. You want to enter that with the best brain possible. With, um, yeah. And, um, and this is particularly limits. a problem with edibles. Edibles can be quite dangerous. They take about an hour and a half to kick in. So a lot of times someone will eat an edible and then about an hour later, I'm not feeling anything. I'll have another one. And 30 minutes later, their initial dose, if that's what you'd like to call it, has kicked in. And an hour and a half later, they now have two doses on board. This can cause serious paranoia, seizures, very dangerous, very dangerous. It also is speculated that people who are already prone to um, the behavioral health con concern of schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder, that it can help to activate that in people who are at risk for having that. Wow. I had no idea about the mm -hmm. whole paranoia thing. That's crazy. Yeah. It can be quite scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. if you think about it, if you're feeling paranoid – and you are, your heart rate has increased and your blood pressure has increased, that can make you feel sick. You have slowed reaction time and maybe slowed thought processes and you're already scared of, of whatever it might be. And then you have these physical signs that are coming too. It can be really frightening for people. Yeah. Um, the 
other thing with um, things like edibles and marijuana, the way that it is being um, presented to people, marketing, is that children, little kids can get into these stashes. And if they think that they're having a gummy bear, they might eat oh, eight yeah. gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's enough to to cause serious problems in someone who's an adult, let yeah. alone someone who's a little child. And they don't know it looks like candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there can be some, like, psychedelic um, symptoms that come along with uh, marijuana as well. So there will be some people who will have hallucinations, whether that be visual or auditory. auditory um, but that can be fright- might, very frightening as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Wow. I mean, is there any other drug or substance abuse issues that you see um, affecting particularly young people and adolescents? I do think that marijuana and vaping are the biggest Mm -hmm. concerns. Um, Occasionally, I will also see alcohol. Um, But I do have to say I see a lot more vaping and marijuana than I do alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is probably multifactorial. I think it's easier to access. And it also, again, is normalized. And people still have somewhat of control over their mental state as opposed to alcohol, which where you can lose all inhibitions, you know, altogether. And so I think people may justify how it's it's safer, quote unquote, or or better than alcohol. But I I disagree completely. those are the major ones. There will be sometimes an outlier, someone maybe who is getting um, involved in things like cocaine or even heavier like um, heroin. Um, yep. So those are also some pretty big concerns. Although mm-hmm. regarding teens in particular, I would say it's definitely mm-hmm. vaping and marijuana are the biggest ones. Yeah. Could you explain a little bit? I know that um, another argument with marijuana is that it's medicinal. Like I feel like I hear that a lot. It's like, oh, it's medicinal. It's okay. Can you explain the difference between when it is used for a medicinal purpose and when it is being misused? Absolutely. Um, When it is being used for medicinal purposes, that is under the supervision of a trained medical professional who is monitoring your response. It doesn't need to be them sitting with you, but someone who knows, um, whether that be a doctor, a nurse practitioner, a PA, who is overseeing that person who is using it for a specific reason. Um, As an example, someone who has um, cancer pain or uh, another terminal illness and they're experiencing discomfort, that can be where it would be medicinal. Misuse is not under the supervision or the care of someone who is trained to monitor you for any kind of bad side effects or and also to make sure that it's beneficial for you. and who is using it recreationally for its um, for its THC related effects? I specifically mentioned that because the THC is what causes the high for individuals. However, it is very well documented that the medicinal purposes are with the CBD aspect, mm-hmm. um, and that is very well studied. Mm-hmm. So while the THC in very small doses has the ability to increase your effect of the CBD, it is the CBD that has the medicinal purposes, not the THC. Okay. I have heard about the CBD, like some some products have just the CBD so mm-hmm. that they don't have mm-hmm. those THC effects. But it's something that I've just heard a lot where they're like, well, if it's used for medicinal purposes, it must be fine. It must be okay. 
but you don't have that factor that someone's monitoring that and making sure that it's in the proper doses, making sure the reactions are what supposed to be mm-hmm. things like that and following up on any long-term effects if there's someone yeah, who is yeah. going to be having this for a long time mm-hmm. there are some things that need to be addressed and there are some effects of cbd and thc that need to be followed up on um, risks that need to be addressed and sometimes there are additional things like imaging or lab work that's required to make sure that it's still safe for this to be used mm-hmm. for a medicinal purpose yeah yeah why do you think so many teens are turning to the vaping marijuana as a, as a coping mechanism for so many things. Is there just a, an aspect to it that's more attractive than other other forms? I think it's easy. Um, I think that you know, in society and in media, it is very much portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's that normalization about it. Um, but I also think that. I lost my thought. Hold on. <laughs> Can you ask me the question again? Like, why why are vaping and marijuana the go-to things for most teens? Um, it's also... I think there still is a stigma that can be associated with having mental health treatment. Um, and that can be seriously limited if you are in a household where that is not something that is accepted or thought of as um, okay. And so it can be easier for you to cope um, by sneaking in a vape rather than it's harder to sneak in, a, you know, a therapist appointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it can be difficult. It's also social. I think it's something that people do when they're together. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are some people who, as much as, you know, we think that having a meal together is something that we will do as a social activity, that vaping and marijuana are viewed as social activities that can be done with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like being in high school, you hear yeah. about that a lot. You mm-hmm. see that a lot. Um, the bathrooms are apparently one of the big, big places to yes. have those mm-hmm. get-togethers to do that. And mm-hmm. it has just become like a, a normalized thing. And it's almost a mm-hmm. desensitizing thing too, I feel like. for Even for people who don't do it, it's kind of like, you know, someone's like, oh, people vape in your school? It's like, well, yeah, like huh. that's normal. That You're going to find that at every high school. And it's probably not the right attitude to have about it, but... It's the reality right now. Mm -hmm. It is the reality. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Because I know, like, the first few times I've seen it, it's been very shocking. And then I'm like, well, this just happens. And it's not like, I mean, the teachers care, but they don't really do much. They've sort of given up on it. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They've tried solutions and things just haven't worked. Closing the bathrooms, people find other places to do it. It didn't really do much. I think it's crazy that we have places so close to the high school that sell these things so it's very easy to access Uh that is very true you are right Mm -hmm. which i just i think is crazy because it's like basically encouraging it it's almost part of the marketing like you were talking about Mm -hmm. it's like it's basically just sitting there in front of you to to take yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and from you know their standpoint oh this is a really big thing with teens let's set up a shop near the high school Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah do you think that vaping and marijuana, are those things easier to quit than smoking cigarettes or, you know, alcohol and things like that? Um, regarding vaping, it depends. There are some vapes that don't have nicotine in them. And then there is no um, addictive substance that's in there. It can still cause issues, lung injuries and things like that. Um, however, without the nicotine, then there's not a physical dependence on it. 
There can still be a behavioral or an emotional or a social dependence on it, but that physical dependence is removed. So I think it could be a little bit easier. Um, ultimately, if you're around people who are vaping all the time, it's going to be very difficult for you to not be vaping with or without nicotine. Um, marijuana has some dependency um, on it, and it usually will represent itself once someone is quitting. Um, and then the withdrawal symptoms, you know, are, they're really, they're mild. They're not, they don't need to be hospitalized. Um, things like headache, difficulty sleeping, irritability, but those things will go away in just a couple of days. Um, I think that nicotine is extremely difficult to come off of. Um, there was this commercial that I saw many years ago, and it was a young girl, and she kept getting all of these messages on her phone. I miss you. I haven't seen you in, in an hour. Where are you? Come see me. And for us, who are viewers, at first, it looks like there she may be in an unhealthy relationship where someone is obsessive and demanding. And it turns out, it's her cigarettes that are calling yeah. her. And it really is. Nicotine will control your life just as much as any other drug. Um, so I think it may be difficult, especially if nicotine is involved. It's not impossible. Alcohol can be dangerous to abruptly stop for individuals who have been drinking heavily for a long period of time. The withdrawal symptoms of that can be really severe um, and can include seizures. So that is typically best done under the supervision of a medical professional. But ultimately, anybody who wants to quit vaping or um, any nicotine product or marijuana can do so at any time with only mild um, withdrawal symptoms that will not cause them to require hospitalization. What do you think are... I know it's easy to tell people, like, just stop, just just don't. But what do you think is the realistic first steps to take when someone wants to quit? The first, first, first step is for the person to say, I don't want to do this anymore. It doesn't matter what triggered them to do that. It could be a bad dream. It could be, you know, their friends or family who kept insisting that they quit whatever it might be that is the number one first step because that personal motivation is necessary to take the steps to actually quit so i would say that is by far the most important thing okay mm -hmm. and do you think that it's important for that person to talk to a trusted adult or someone who can help them do you think it's something that some teens can accomplish on their own I mean, I think that humans, we, uh, I always find us amazing because we are very resilient and it's something that is specific to being um, a person instead of an animal. So I'm sure that it is possible alone, but having support for anything that you're doing, including quitting vaping or, or marijuana or anything at all is usually easiest and most successful when you have the support of trusted adults mm -hmm. on your side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, sort of going along with that, do you have any advice for teens who may be struggling themselves or have friends struggling with vaping or they feel they're facing peer pressure to start? 
Absolutely. Um, it can be really difficult, especially if you have friends and you've got peer pressure that's mm -hmm. on your side. Um, I think coming up with some kind of a plan with a trusted adult is always something I recommend to every teen. So if you're ever in a situation where you feel uncomfortable, you can exit that situation safely without having your friends find out. Um, so usually I just recommend if there's peer pressure involved, always have this conversation before you're in a bad situation, that you have a code word that you can text to a trusted adult. And when you text that word to this person, the plan is they call you and say, I'm really sorry, but something happened and I need to come and pick you up. Where are you? They come and pick you up. Your friends don't know that you called them and you're able to leave a situation that you're uncomfortable with. Um, can you repeat the question again? Um, do you have any advice for teens who may have friends struggling with vaping or feel they're facing peer pressure? So we sort of talked about that. And, and being supportive um, as a friend. So if you have a friend who is struggling, be supportive. Let them know that you're there. Um, if they have a habit where every day after school on their way home they smoke, maybe uh, take a walk with them and take a different route to their house from school. So just change up that habit and that routine so it can be something that is safer and healthier for them. Um, and then if you're the person who's struggling, pull in your resources. Ask your trusted friends. Find a trusted adult. Um, there are confidential hotlines that people can access um, to also provide some assistance with that. Utilize all the resources that you have because if you have good support and people are counting on you, you're more likely to be successful. Yeah. What are those hotlines like when you reach out to them? I know, I think you hear about them a lot, but a lot of people don't know exactly how they work or what happens when you reach out to one of them. Yeah, those hotlines, when you call, typically there is someone who is trained in some way, shape, or form. They might not be a social worker, but they are trained in helping people to navigate some kind of a struggle regarding addiction, whether that be with vaping or marijuana or whatever it might be. Um, and it's kind of like calling an old friend that you haven't spoken to in a long time. They're caring, they're considerate, they're kind, they listen. Um, they, it is not a pressure type situation. Um, so it really is relaxed. And a lot of them now actually have text lines which is really convenient because yeah. you can text. You don't even have to get on the phone with someone anymore. You can text over to them and they can provide you with resources and support right from there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people like being able to hide behind text messages. Sometimes uh -huh. that's a little bit easier than having to face someone on a phone call. Especially yeah. for a first time thing in such a vulnerable situation. You really are, you know, bearing your heart out just by reaching out to say, I could use some help. Can you help me with this? Yeah. Um, so sometimes doing it on text is a little bit easier, even if it's just to open up the door. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's important for teens to address these issues now rather than waiting until college or letting the problem get worse? Because I feel like people talk about a lot, that like the college scene. And I've had people tell me, they're like, well, if you don't do anything in high school, you're going to be hurting in college when you're suddenly exposed to all this stuff. But I feel like that's just, it doesn't make sense to me because like why, you know, why start now and develop the problem? So do you think, I guess my question is, is it better to address it sooner rather than later and let it develop into college? Do you mean address it meaning um, 
um, like experimenting, or do you mean address it like stopping use like if you already have it? stopping beforehand. And like being able to acknowledge like this is a problem. This isn't a normalized thing. Like this is not something that, you know, in college it'll be fine and, you know, it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Like addressing the, that mindset now and quitting now. Absolutely. Um, you have this major opportunity to allow your brain function to return um, to developing. You know, it'll halt while you're using marijuana. However, once you stop it, your brain will start developing again. So that's a whole, if you think about it, if you do a four-year program and you're currently a senior in high school, that's like a five-year time period that you can allow your brain to start developing again. And you can um, really fully develop that frontal lobe area. Um, It also is very important i think if you are someone who is vaping or using marijuana um before you get into college it's important to self-reflect and say why why am i vaping or why am i using marijuana Um, because if it's for stress relief you have this beautiful opportunity again before you get to college which is very 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 stressful to identify those feelings of stress and then develop healthy coping mechanisms before you get into college and replace that vaping or marijuana use with healthy coping skills and then you really come fully armored once you get into the college scene yeah i think that's smart the the healthy coping mechanisms part because those can be just as effective if if done well what are some examples that like you would give to your people our age absolutely um Deep breathing, I know it sounds very silly, but it's actually physiological because if you take really big, deep breaths, not only do you feel a little better, but it reduces your heart rate. It reduces your blood pressure. Um, So you have this physical aspect that comes along with it as well. That's something you can do on the fly. Um, There's tapping into things that are interesting to you or something another way to express yourself so if there's something like anxiety that is weighing you down and as a result you're vaping or using marijuana maybe tap into a different part of your brain start writing things down journaling drawing coloring painting going for a walk getting involved in a physical activity that allows you to get rid of that negative energy in a very positive way Um, those are some easy examples Coping mechanisms, I think, are the best because they're free. You can never leave them at home. You can pull them out at any time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, ultimately, they're only there for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. I mean, this sort of goes with the last question, but where do you think teens can go if they need help dealing with the stress and anxiety that may lead them to self-medicate or start vaping? A great starting point if you're at school is a trusted professional who's in the school. Um, In particular, the um, counselors can give you some really good references. And I know there's a lot of schools that actually have uh, behavioral health specialists that are located in the school, which is a great way to get tapped in. Um, You can also, there are different Uh, behavioral health outlets Um, if you're looking for like a a therapist or a counselor that can be done using um, online media a lot of parents if they are in some kind of a commercial health insurance plan they often have 
this benefit for employees and their family members where there is free and confidential counseling that is done just by calling the number on the back of the insurance card. Um, so being creative, tapping into people who know resources um, can, be, can be really beneficial and is a really good place to start if you're looking for someone just to help you to get those coping skills and replace unhealthy coping behaviors with healthy coping behaviors. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that addressing some of the mental health issues that are going on with teens, especially with COVID, that was like a huge concern was what the aftermath was going to be like on a mental health front? Do you think that attacking that would help reduce the vaping and marijuana issues that we're seeing? I think it would. Um, There are some people who strictly vape and use marijuana recreationally just as a social thing, but there is a larger group who is using it to help them to deal with something that they are feeling on the inside and are either struggling with to manage or struggling to find the resources to have treatment or to get help with. Um, So I do think that addressing the mental health of teens is very important regarding vaping and marijuana. And it's a really difficult time of life during the teenage years. There's so many changes that are happening in your life, in your body, in your school, in your social situation, sometimes in your home, so many different things. And all of these add up. Um, And so if you are on the earlier stages in adolescence and have positive coping skills and have had people address, hey, that feeling that you're feeling is anxiety. Let's put a name on it so we can have, we can address this and put it out there and to acknowledge that this will pass. This feeling is not permanent. Um, All of these things can help you to really enter into high school or college with the strength to say, I'm in control of my mental health, I'm in control of my coping, and I will not use unhealthy coping strategies because I'm loaded with healthy ones. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm trying to figure out how to word this question, but for someone who is concerned about a friend, I know you mentioned like walking with them, if that helps. What would your advice be to someone who wants to address an issue with a friend, a concern that they have with them about their use of, you know, whether it's a vape or marijuana or something something like that? How do you bring up that conversation? How do you initiate that sort of, that that connection that you're trying to establish? Look, it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation, but you really don't know. They might be waiting for someone to call them out so they themselves can acknowledge that what they're doing is unhealthy for them. We we will come up with these coping skills in our brain where our brain will convince us that things are okay or we will hide or push away feelings or thoughts that we're having because they're not the popular thought or because you just don't want to think about that. And sometimes... People are really just waiting for that close person, that person who's very close to them to say, hey, I've noticed that this has been going on. Is everything okay with you? Um, Sometimes people are waiting for you to do that. And sometimes people are thinking to themselves, how come they haven't asked me about that? Are we not as close as as I thought that we were? So going into the conversation, knowing that this might not just be 
disregarded and pushed aside and this person might actually be waiting for or very open to having a conversation about this may provide you with a little bit of tranquility and confidence going into the conversation I would definitely use I statements because they are less attacking on someone when you want to address a concern that you have so instead of saying you're going down the wrong path you could address it and say, I'm feeling worried about you because I've noticed you've been spending time vaping. Is everything okay? Make sure to address any concerns or um, have it be more of an open conversation rather than you saying, I see this and this and this and you need to do this, this and this, saying I'm worried about you. Is everything okay? is a really great way for them to know, oh, this person really cares about me. And maybe they have had something on their mind, hence why they're vaping. And they are so relieved that someone cares about them so much that they took the time to have that difficult conversation with them. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I like that mm-hmm. way of thinking about it a lot. I feel like if people kept that in mind, it'd be a lot easier to, to initiate those types of conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. If you go in thinking that they're going to be very upset and you are never going to talk again, it's going to be very difficult to muster up the courage to have that conversation. Yeah, for sure. Look at it through a different lens and Mm -hmm. see that you're genuinely just worried about them. You're not like attacking them. You're trying to make sure they're okay. Absolutely. And I know a lot of individuals that have struggled with an addiction of any kind at, at the end of their road and their beginning of their recovery period, they are very thankful for all mm-hmm. of those people who pulled yeah. them inside and expressed concerns. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they carry with them for forever. So even if the person is upset with you in the moment, when that person is ready to acknowledge what's going on under, underneath it all and is ready to move forward from whatever substance that they're using, they will remember that you cared about them enough to pull them aside and have that tough conversation. And it really means something. It's special. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, this is sort of changing topics, but what do you think needs to be done, like either in school or just like the public view in the media, to make teenagers and really everyone see that vaping and marijuana and this substance abuse is really harmful and it may be seen as an option, it may be available, but it's not a good one at all. I think two major things. I think we need to rely heavily on legislature Mm -hmm. who will take it seriously, that these are very serious concerns, and that the marketing is completely targeted to teens and young adults. And I think that legislative changes addressing those will be extremely helpful long term. I also think that the media needs to have some responsibility because the media is very interested in having something that is interesting to watch or to see, um, but it's very much normalizing a lot of things that really aren't normal in our lives, and that includes um, vaping and the use of marijuana Mm -hmm. and other drugs. So... That is where I think most teens are getting their viewpoint of themselves and their family and where they fall in life and in their society. A lot of that does come from what they're watching on the media. And Mm -hmm. so an acknowledgement that 
ratings aren't everything Mm -hmm. can be really helpful to show teens and young adults another side um, of life that is healthy. Because right now, a lot of the stuff that's portrayed on all these shows are very unhealthy behaviors and it makes it normalized. Uh So I think they have a really big responsibility in this as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's almost a sense of like glorifying some of Mm -hmm. these things as well or it's it's kind of like a almost like how cigarettes used to be like it was a glamorous thing that's almost like what it's turning into Mm -hmm. now it's like history kind of repeating itself in a way definitely absolutely and all those people who thought that it was glamorous to smoke when they had the media who was really targeting those those um that group back then If you talk to them now, they have a lot to say about how that ruined their life. Mm -hmm. Yep. In one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, we did do a PSA where we compared old, like an old cigarette commercial to a, a, and we made like a vaping commercial now to show the comparison between the two because it is so similar when you look at it. It's Uh kind of a scary similarity, Mm -hmm. but yet we can't see it, or at least our, our age group has not yet been able to acknowledge that and see it yet. I don't and do you think that the I don't want to say the unawareness but the ignorance towards these harmful side effects is it simply an an ignorance thing people just don't know or do you think people are intentionally ignoring it tough to say I'm not sure if people are even talking about the negative effects with people Um, so I'm sure that there are many people that are in your schools that have no idea that marijuana can cause paranoia, hallucinations. It can open up schizophrenia or a schizoaffective disorder in someone who is prone to have that or high blood pressure and fast heart rate. I don't know that people are really being educated about it. If they are being educated about it and overlooking it, I would say that that is either an ignorance or... They're justifying in their mind that what they're doing is okay, which, again, is one of those unhealthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's something that we could start talking to kids about at younger ages? I mean, I feel like middle school, maybe it was brought up once or twice, but it was Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, this vaping thing, it it exists. I feel like at the time when I was in middle school, it was still – knew enough that it wasn't like a huge concern yet for middle schoolers and now I think it's a little more prevalent but do you think that we should start educating people at a younger age? I do. I am a proponent for starting younger because middle school is where a lot of things happen. It's not 12th grade that people Mm -hmm. are are, um, experimenting. It's 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. It, you know, it's It's young Mm -hmm. and it's very important because they have no idea. And if they have a friend who is vaping, why not? They don't know anything else about it. They don't know any different than Mm -hmm. to not do that. There's nothing that is going to put up a barrier for them, you know, in themselves. So I do think that educating early, fifth grade, sixth grade, is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even know if in the high school it's necessarily talked about enough. I only took health class yeah. freshman year. It, mm-hmm. At the time, I think it is required two years now, but it was only required one year for me. I feel like we talked more about like hard like alcohol and like cocaine and yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. And 
the vaping stuff was kind of just like a don't do it but like stay away from these bigger things but those aren't necessarily mm-hmm. the most pressing pressing issues for us they're not yeah. and i i think the curriculum needs to reflect what is the pressing issue of that time cocaine and alcohol may have been an issue for high schoolers in the 80s and now it's 2022 and it's vaping and marijuana and the curriculum really should reflect that mm-hmm. yeah i mean this is sort of going a little backwards but Sort of we were comparing cigarettes to vaping, and especially since vaping is a relatively, like, new, I don't want to say technology, but, like, new drug-ish. But um, what do you see more the long-term effects, especially since we probably haven't seen how it will affect people going into as they get older and everything? That will be determined, Yeah. Um, but at this point I can say that I do think vaping is at least a gateway drug. So long-term effects can include other substance abuse. Yeah. We do know that nicotine in any shape or form always causes that vasoconstriction that we spoke about. So having cardiac issues, heart failure, heart attacks, problems with circulation absolutely can be long-term effects. Mm -hmm. The chemicals, I'm sure, are going to show that they have very harmful effects on the throat could also be a leading cause of throat cancer, much like cigarettes are. Um, dental issues um, and lung issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For people who you've worked with who have either recovered from a, a vaping or marijuana addiction or are in the process, is there anything that they've said that they wish they knew before they started that would have helped them not you know, start that habit? Yeah, I think one of the major things that I do hear people say is I wish I never even tried, Um, especially with nicotine, because nicotine is extremely habit-forming, and it's something that the people that I know in my life who have struggled with a nicotine addiction envy about their friends or colleagues or family members who have never had to deal with that. I think that is the biggest thing if they just never even picked it up. So I suppose if they knew how addicting and how it was going to control their life and how much of their life was going to be surrounded by that substance, Mm -hmm. um, I think that they would be in a better spot. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to exemplify that to someone, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. hard. I feel like another thing, I've said this a lot, things that I hear, um, but it's the high school setting. You you hear a lot of things around this topic, but people are like, I'm just going to try it once, you know, just once. I'm never going to do it again. And it's that that one time that it hooks people so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people can do it and kudos to them. But when you are dealing with a substance that causes physical dependence, just one time is needed and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, how long does it take to develop an addiction? Like, what does that timeline look like? It differs for individuals, and it also depends on how much they are using it. Um, but a physical dependency can occur as early as three to five days. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Are there any other substance abuse or health issues amongst teens that you'd like to address that maybe we didn't talk about specifically but that you think are important? I think we addressed the major ones. Um The big ones that I see in practice are definitely um, vaping and 
marijuana and mental health. It's a tough time of life. You have hormones. You have changes like I discussed before. Um, a lot of times you can feel like you're not sure where you might fall in in your community or in your life or where you're going to go. There's a lot of pressure to succeed, whether that be with your grades, in sports, uh, getting accepted into colleges if that's your path. And there's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. So I would say mental health I think is one of the underlying things that comes along with everything, including vaping and marijuana, and definitely think that it needs to be addressed. And whether that be, you know, at your annual physical with your doctor, if you trust them, or with a guidance counselor, or a parent or other trusted adult, getting on top of that and feeling okay with expressing how you're feeling so you don't have to hold it in all the time is going to set you up for success in the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, what advice do you have to somebody who may not feel like they have a trusted adult in their life? Because I know sometimes it can be hard if people don't necessarily have a great relationship with their parents and don't really trust guidance counselors maybe in the school to not talk to their parents about it. What advice would you have for them? That's a tough one. Yeah. I will say that is a tough question. Um, I would hope that they at least have someone, even if it's a an aunt or an uncle or a cousin who's 20, yeah. you know, uh-huh. it, whoever it might be, but just someone that you can say, look, I, I need to be pointed in the right direction mm-hmm. here. Um, it doesn't have to be an authoritative figure like yeah. a police officer or a guidance counselor. It really can be the neighbor next door. It can be your best friend's mom. It can be really just anyone that you have this trusting relationship or feel that you can trust them. I think that is a really big place to go. Also, when you have your annual physical at your doctor's office, if you trust your doctor, um, there's time where you and your doctor should sit and talk without your parents in the room. And that information, unless you disclose that you are going to harm yourself or someone else, is confidential and by law cannot be shared. So that is another way that if you really don't know what to do or where to turn, that you can go and speak to your doctor privately and mm-hmm. have those addressed in a, in a confidential way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As a sort of, it's a very broad question, what what one message would you want to get out to teens who either they are struggling with a, a substance abuse addiction or they're maybe being peer pressured or maybe it's just someone who has friends who are you know engaging in that activity? What would be like an overall message you'd want to send out? I think my biggest message I'd want to send out is to make sure that you self-reflect so you can know What are your core values? What are your core beliefs? What are you feeling? So you can work through whatever you might be feeling and can return to practicing those core values and those core beliefs. I like that. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. That's good. This is something that we always ask towards the end of podcasts. I know we didn't give this to you beforehand, but do you have any questions that you'd want to ask us about this topic. If you don't, that's totally fine, but we like to just throw it out there. I do. Being on the inside, what do you think is the major reason that kids in your age group 
are so interested and drawn to vaping and marijuana. Do you want to go first, Elliot? <laughs> um, I mean, I the first thing, one of the first things that came to my mind when we started talking about this is I had a, a friend who was like curious about it and was asking me, she was like, do you think I should try this? And she genuinely like was not concerned at all about the the harmful aspects of it. And I was like, that I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think you're understanding the gravity of it. But I think genuinely people just are curious and they want to know, but like there are so many other things to think about that it's just not this thing that you try for fun. There are a lot of other factors involved with it. Yeah. And that can be harmful. I agree. I think curiosity can be part of it sometimes. We're just at that age where it's also, we think we're indestructible. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a thing with teenagers. (laughs) We just just think like, you know, nothing can touch us. Nothing can hurt us. Um, I feel like with a lot of the people who I know, there are other issues going on, whether it's another physical thing. Um, I've had friends who have concussions and that can sometimes just mess with your brain and It's a coping mechanism or it's a mental health thing. There's stuff going on at home. I think what you said, it's a social thing. It's like this normalized thing now. And sometimes I hear it as a joke, like, oh, want to hang out later? And, you know, we can smoke in my basement. And they don't mean it seriously, but it's become just so desensitized to it that it's almost like when the opportunity does arise where it's like, hey, do you want to try this? It's kind of like well, why not? I, you know, everyone else does it. Um, and you know, if that's what everyone else is doing, I don't want to be the, the odd one out. Um, I have been in that situation actually where I did have to leave. I was uncomfortable. Um, I called a friend to come pick me up. My parents weren't home at the time to come get me. Um, it's hard to do in Mm -hmm. that, that situation. And I think for me, part of it was, I was worried about the people I was with. I was like, I don't know what to do if, you know, they're doing this stuff and things get out of hand what do I do in that situation? Who do I who do I call? Um, and even now, if I know friends are doing that, it's the concern, but it's so hard to tell a friend, like, I don't think you should do that. Or I think that's not a smart choice because it can seem like an attacking thing and no one wants to be that person. You never want to be in that position. So I think that's, those are the biggest things for me. Yeah, I think it's huge what you said about the there's no reservation. Yeah. You know, it really is becoming so normalized that if someone says, hey, do you want to hit this, that there's, for some people, there's just not even a pause anymore because it's mm-hmm. so normalized. Yeah. And what do you think would help the most? Being a teen yourself, what do you think would be the biggest asset or um, tool for success to either avoid or to stop vaping and marijuana? I would say support amongst other people in our age group. Like I think because it's almost like we're encouraging each other, it would be really helpful if we were able to acknowledge like this is a problem and we don't want our friends to start getting involved with this so that more people could be like, hey, you know, let's let's not do that. Let's just go see a movie. Let's, you know, go get lunch, something like that. Because I think the peer pressure is the, the one of the biggest factors. And if it was positive peer pressure – I think that would make such a huge difference. Just kind of changing the culture, which I know is so hard to do, but I just think that it would make such a huge difference. It's hard, but it's mm-hmm. not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as sad as it is to say and as 
unfortunate as it is, I feel like people our age don't really take like the health classes seriously and learning about usually it's required they Mm -hmm. don't really want to be there they're not listening involved really taking it to heart so I think like what Annabelle said it is really important to be as friends and you know as peers talk about it and make sure that people know like it's not cool (laughs) it's yeah it doesn't you know yeah it doesn't make people see you as cool it really is just something that becomes a burden for you and the people around you. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, I've, I know I've asked all the questions that I had. Elliot, yeah. I don't know if you had. Um, I think I'm good. Else? I mean. Is there anything we didn't cover that you yeah. feel like needs to be brought up at all? No, but I think it was really helpful for this question and answer session at the end for, mm-hmm. you know, me as an adult looking in, I can have all these speculations but ultimately you know you guys are the ones with the boots on the ground you are the ones who are there so to have that perspective is really helpful for me I think Mm -hmm. I can take away from this being able to help teens um even more so that's been very helpful thank you thank you so much for being here and answering all of our questions oh it was my pleasure thank you so much thank you to today's guest for sharing their time and knowledge with us And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to this month's podcast. To find the resources mentioned in our discussion, check out the description box. This podcast series is produced by YA Media, where our goal is to serve our community through education, communication, and awareness. Stay tuned for more upcoming projects.